Well, everybody say praise the Lord. Praise God. Good to see you here this evening. And uh, thankful for what the Lord is doing in our lives. And just believing he's going to do great things. Amen. All through uh, what we're facing today, I still believe God is in control. Amen. Praise God. So we are back in the book of Acts. And we're going to the second chapter, and I'm going to read one verse just for the sake of time. Are you standing? And uh, I want you to read it with me tonight. Acts, the second chapter, and verse 1. Let's read. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. When it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Lord God, we thank you once again this evening for your goodness, mercy, and loving kindness. Amen, that you have so graciously, graciously shown to us. And I believe, God, tonight, as we open up our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you would speak to us, that you will strengthen us tonight with your word because it is your word that definitely strengthens us and helps us along the way. Bless us tonight, I pray, and everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. you. May be seated. Uh, from last week, we talked about three main things, uh, and uh, just to mention them tonight to kind of get us back on focus. Uh, we talked about the ascension of Jesus Christ. We talked about the call to be a witness. Amen. And also we talked about the obedience to the Word of God. Amen. It's important to understand those, 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 uh, uh, those things that we spoke about. Obedience is a powerful thing because if we don't obey, amen, then we, uh, we fall short of what God wants to do. And then here in our scripture tonight, it, it, it brings us to uh, the two words, fully come. Everybody say that with me, fully come. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now, you understand this time frame, many, many years before that, before the day of Pentecost had come, we see that the feast had been instituted by uh, Moses, uh, and Moses had been instructed by God to do so. And uh, we also see uh, then in the New Testament the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and that fulfilled the Passover. Then we see the resurrection, which fulfilled the first fruits. And then we see the Feast of Pentecost, which was 50 days after the Passover. And you can see this, how this all kind of falls together, the times, the dates, the days, and how that God had everything uh, in a pattern or as he, instruct, as he instructed Moses to begin to put these feasts together and the children of Israel then would follow those feasts and what those feasts actually meant. And so we get to the uh, Pentecost 50 days after the Passover. Then we read where Jesus uh, showed himself to his disciples for 40 days after the resurrection. So seven days after his ascension was the feast of Pentecost. And so this was the fulfillment of uh, another Old Testament feast. So let's look at the, at the next important part of Acts 2 verse 1. So we all talked about when it was fully come, fully come. So in other words, all of this had started back many, many years ago, and there was a process that God had ordained to start, and then the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, when it was completed, when it was there, then that's when the power of God, the Spirit of God began to flow in that upper room. God's always got a plan, folks, Right? Amen. God's always, God's, say, say God's got a plan. Do we believe that tonight? God's got a plan. So when you look at Acts 
our, our, our focus verse here tonight, beginning with Acts 2 and verse 1. We see the word, uh, uh, you know, we, we talk about unity when they were come together, uh, when they were in one mind and one accord, when they were in one place. You know, there's something about it. Being in one place, we're in one place tonight, right? That's easy. That's easy. Being in one place is easy. Being in one accord is a whole other story. You can have a lot of people together, but not have unity, right? Amen. Just look at Congress. You can have a lot of people, but not have unity. You can have a lot of people in the same building, but they can't get nothing done. Why is that? Because there is no consensus. There's, there's nothing that's bringing them together. So being in one place is easy, but being in, in a spirit of unity is totally different. It's not, it's not as easy as it looks. So before the Holy Ghost, as we read the Scripture, before it could even be given, there had to be unity. They had to be unified. You see, that's, that gets me excited. All right, because I understand that as we sit here today, we could do this until whenever, and and this is what we could do. But if we decide to unify in the spirit, come together in the spirit, then God's just waiting to pour something out. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? How many would like God to do something like that for you? Praise God. And so, before the Holy Ghost could be given. There had to be unity. So, and, and, and I believe this exemplifies uh, what we need to be when it says they were in one accord. One accord. Amen. Their mind, the prayers, amen, things that they were doing uh, to bring that unity. And when it hit, God said, now's the time. Right? And so, uh, you, know, uh, you know, before we can experience the power of God, we have to come to agreement. That's like when I pray for something. Amen. There's two things going on. You know, I've got my flesh and I've got the spirit. Right? And a lot of times we can pray in the flesh and not really get anything accomplished. We're just kind of punching the time clock. We're just kind of doing it because we know we got to do it, but we're not feeling like it, so we just kind of do it. But there's a whole other thing when that flesh and that spirit connects and all of a sudden you can tell that there's a shift in the atmosphere and something happens when your mind a man begins to focus in and there's one accord there is unity there when you begin to pray and so we, you know that's a powerful thing you've got to come to an agreement amen if we want revival we have to come to agreement if we want to see a move of God we have to come agreement amen even building a, another building we have to come in agreement because everybody has to pitch in, amen, so we can see that accomplished. Just like to get the power of God moving, revival, the Spirit of God. Everybody has to come together to get God to move, right? Praise God. So this is one thing I've got to say, amen, to us tonight. Amen. If people are riding the fence, then it's time to unify with the church. This is not time, folks, to kind of be... At, let me use that word my mom used to use, and you probably heard it, especially the older folks. She, she'd tell me to quit dill-dallying around. This is not time to kind of sit on a fence or kind of just kind of do your own thing and, and take it or leave it or, you know, just kind of, you know, approach church just kind of with a spirit of mediocrity. You know, you're not really just ah, if I'm there, if I'm not, whatever. No, there's got to be something. Get off the fence. Get off the fence, amen, and unify. Don't ride that fence. Become a part of what God wants to do in the church. If you're in or out, it's time to get unified with the church. Don't, don't, don't think there's a lot of people that have went out of the church, that have fallen away from the church. It's time for us to pray that they'll come back to the church. Right? Amen. That's what, that's what I, when I look at Acts, I think of the power of God. I think of, sure, I can read other parts of the Bible, but we're talking about the, the, the original, the first church. What God wants to do with us. Amen. Let me tell you, an undecided, you hear that all a lot, 
uh, right now. The undecided. The undecided. The undecided. Well, it's time to quit being undecided and decide that you're going to follow Christ. Right? Decide. I'm going to unify with my brothers and sisters. I'm going to unify, amen, with the body of Christ. And we're going to see a, a move of God like we've never seen before. If you believe that tonight, put your hands together, amen, and shout hallelujah. It's important. Church is church. We are the body of Christ. You can't divide it by age. You can't divide it by gender. You can't divide it by race. You can't divide it by color. Amen. You can't divide it by economic status. We are the church of the living God. Amen. One body. One Lord, right? Come on. One baptism. We have to understand that that's what this is all about, is bringing the body together for one purpose, and that is to see a move of God. Amen. And I still believe we can see a great move of God in 2020. We ain't done yet. Amen. We're not done yet. We, we got two more, two more months. Well, you got the rest of October and then November and December. Hey, but Pastor, you got you to count out the holidays. You know, God don't move on holidays. God, God doesn't move during Thanksgiving and He doesn't move during Christmas. So you got to count those days out. Well, then let's double up. Let's count those days out and let's, let's see God do something great on those other days. I still believe that God can do great things during that time. Amen. We want God to do a wonderful, miraculous work, and I believe that He can do that. Amen. If we come together, we unify. That's what the Scripture is talking about. Amen. we got to be in one accord. Amen. So, so what is it telling me, just simply in, simple term, in the simplest terms? It's telling me that being a spectator now needs to switch over to being a participator. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but, but uh, I can't do it anymore, but if you're out there watching those kids play football, amen, something gets in you, you know. I might be 60 years old, but I, I, I keep on thinking, well, you know, I might be able to be 25 for just a little bit. You find out that that's not true. You're going to end up having issues, Right? Amen. So we're not like that, but your mindset, and that's what I'm saying, amen, about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is I don't want to be in a situation where I'm telling myself I can't do that anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. Amen. I'm just kind of, and we kind of sideline ourselves. No, I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I still believe God wants to use you in a powerful way. He wants to do it, and I believe he can. Clap your hands and praise Him tonight. So we don't need spectators. We need participators. Amen. You didn't have, out of the 100, approximately 120 that were in the upper room, you didn't have 20 doing this and 20 doing that and 10 doing this and 5 doing that. And you didn't have a few over here saying, I don't know what they're doing here. You know, they got the audacity, the gall. Why'd they show up? You know? Why are they here? No. The, 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 he just simply said, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you be and do with power from the high. And so it was kind of a natural thing when they came there. They realized they, they came, amen, to receive something. This was a promise from God. I'm telling you, when we lock into the fact that God has promises for us, Amen. We'll, we'll shove all this other stuff aside and say, I'm going to unite. I'm going to come together. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. Amen. And we're going to see a move of God. We're going to see miracles, signs, wonders, whatever it is. Amen. God can do all things. Amen. So everybody, everybody say, I'm, I'm going to stop being a spectator and I'm going to start participating. Amen. And so when that all happens, see, there's a process. God told them to go. And Terry, go wait. Amen. So they go and they wait. They don't know how long. They just know this is what the Lord said. Amen. Then when it's fully come, God begins to move. So now we see that after all of this had happened and everybody came together, then now we see where the Holy Ghost was given. In Acts, the second chapter, verse 2-4, these are things that you know as we work through Acts. 
Amen. Just, just uh, uh, these are should be very familiar to those that are that are uh, uh, here at the church. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Not just portions of it; it said all. Not just segments. All. Everybody say all. And there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the, uh, the utterance. So here comes the, 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 the Spirit moving in the place. Folks, that was a supernatural event. It was a supernatural experience. And if, if you are here tonight and you could remember the day that you received it, you knew that this was different than anything else that you had felt in your entire life. Was it not? Amen. And so we see the, the importance of realizing that getting into that, that, that vein, getting into that place, getting in that spirit of, of unity and harmony, that, that things begin to happen around us in the atmosphere, in, in, and God says, all right, I'm going to bless that. And then, then the Spirit of God comes. Amen. What a wonderful so notice the progression that you see here. You have here wind, you have fire, and you have tongues. Wind, fire, tongues. Now notice back in John verse 8. What's the Bible say about wind? The Bible simply says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound of it, but canst tell whence it cometh. Or where it goeth. And then he says this. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Born of the Spirit. Amen. There's something about it. You're, you're, you're there. It could come in in a way that, that, that we're not expecting it. It doesn't have to start at the altar. Sometimes it'll start in the pew. Sometimes it'll start in the prayer room. Sometimes it'll start in different areas. What you have to realize and what I have to realize is that I want to be at that place at that time when God begins to move in that building or that place, whatever it might be. It could be out, out in the yard somewhere for all we know. Amen. So the wind, what is the wind? Wind is, a, wind is, is descriptive of someone that has received the Spirit of God. Right? Matthew 3.11 says, He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Wind. It's descriptive of someone that has received the Holy Ghost. What is fire? And we're, 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 we, we, we're familiar with fire, a campfire, a, a bonfire. Uh, uh, I don't want to say a house fire. None of us want a house fire, but we have seen that. Uh, fire is something that is incredible. You can contain it, but if you give it too much fuel, it's going to be explosive. <laughs> Understand what I'm telling you right now. Amen. It, you can contain it. You can kind of keep it, uh, you know, right here. But, but when you add fuel to it, it's going to get larger. And when you add a lot of fuel, it's going to be explosive. It's going to take over everything. See, that, that's what this is all about. Amen. When you put wind and fire together, you've got something massive. Amen. When you look at our, our, our wonderful country and you see the places out in the, in the west where the fires are just burning thousands and thousands and thousands and, uh, uh, and millions of acres out there. And in the, the Wine Valley, 550 uh, uh, homes or structures that have been destroyed. And they're trying to get a handle on it. But what's the problem? The problem is wind. 
They're not getting uh, the, the, the moisture they need uh, to bring it down. But understand, in this concept, it's wind. Uh, wind that's blowing and fire that's raging. Uh, it's going to help that fire get to more, more uh, 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 material that will, that will cause it to become greater and greater. And once it gets so big, it's hard to contain. Let me bring that over to the spiritual sense tonight. Amen. I don't want just one person having a little fire going on in their life. And somebody else may be over here having a little fire. If we all kind of add fuel to that fire, the next thing we know, the presence of God, the Spirit of God is going to be flowing in a way. Amen. Why? Because we've come together as believers. Amen. To see God do a great thing. Fire is separate from, uh, from the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. Fire is a powerful thing. Isaiah 28, 11 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Wind, fire, tongues. In, chapter, in, in, in uh, my third point here, uh, that tongues. Tongues was prophesied about in the Old Testament. With stammering lips, another tongue, will he speak to his people. See, it was not until after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, understand that, that they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them the utterance. It's a powerful thing. So let me, let me tell you, back in the December issue of uh, the Pentecostal Herald, our, our, our magazine for our organization, um, Dr. Clay Jackson wrote an interesting article and uh, uh, dealing with prayer, prayer tongues and the brain. Everybody say the brain. And so a single photon emission computed tomography or, or SPECT, S-P-E-C-T. It's a scan. And he said, it is a type of nuclear imaging test that shows how blood flows to the tissues and organs. And so they, they did this thing, and they had some nuns, and, and both nuns praying and those that were speaking in tongues, they were scanned during this time. And the nuns that were praying showed an increased blood flow into the speech and the language centers of their brains while they were praying. In other words, there was activity. There was something going on. They were, they were, they were, they were intense. They were, they were praying. Something was flowing. But according to the spec scans, those that spoke in tongues were not using the speech and language centers of the brains to speak. So what they said was the vocalizations were coming from a source outside of their own speech and language center. In other words, this is supernatural. It's not, it's not what, what you and I, you know, that's the reason why I say when we're praying, let's, let's work ourselves to that place. Let's get there to where we're going to get in the presence of God. Amen. Praying's good, and we all need to pray. But you know as well as I do, I've been to that place where the blood flows flow into all different things, but, but in, my, in my speech center. Amen. But, but yet there's something different when you get into the realm of the Holy Ghost and you begin to speak in tongues. Amen. So I thought that was an interesting article. I thought there was something about it. You know, they do these different uh, uh, things and... Uh, especially with faith-based uh, and, and, and uh, people and prayer. And uh, they, they, they come up with uh, many great studies on these things that help you understand the power of it, the power of it, the power. Folks, there is power in prayer. Don't ever forget. Don't stop praying. Keep on praying. So all of a sudden, this happened in the upper room now. We, we know these stories. We, we, uh, most of us have been around for a while. We, we read it and we teach it in our Sunday school class and so on and so forth. But it just didn't, it was not just contained, Brother Howard, in the upper room. It wasn't just contained in the upper room. It came out of that. So you don't contain it. You know, it's like the little song we sing to the Sunday school kids. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. And everybody shouts, no. I'm going to let it shine. That's like this. You didn't want to hide that. When it happened in the upper room, they didn't stay there. Something happened. It spilled out into the streets. 
Amen. There was a noise that went abroad. There was something that happened outside of the perimeters of that room. And so in Acts, the second chapter, we're going to read verses 5 through 13. Notice what it said. The Bible says, And there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And it says, Now when this was noised abroad, in other words, hey, something's going on down there. Something exciting, something's happening. I can't explain it, but something's going on. And the Bible says the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, notice this. They took note in verse 7. They were amazed. They marveled, saying to each other, Behold, not, aren't all these people Galileans? You might read that and say, well, what does that mean? Well, it simply means these are unlearned people. They're not really educated people. These are just common folks. And they said, now, wait a minute. I'm hearing them talking my language. I'm, I'm from here. I'm from there. You're from there. We're hearing that. These are Galileans. They, they didn't take Spanish class. They didn't take uh, you know, a, a German class or, or, or a Russian class or a Chinese class. They, didn't, they don't have that language uh, in their educational part of their lives. They don't have it. We know this. They're just Galileans. So how, he said in verse 8, how, they said, how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now notice this. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, the Pontus in Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, and in the parts of, 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 of uh, Libya, about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Crete, Arabians. And then it says, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were speaking in tongues. They hadn't had the educational process to do that. But yet these people, what they were hearing was these people testifying about the wonderful works of God. Folks, it boils down. It was a supernatural experience that took place on that day. I, I still happen to believe God can do the same thing today the seventh day of October, 2020, 2020, I believe God still operates the same way. I may believe that tonight. Everybody say the wonderful works of God. See, that, that's, what, that's what gets the attention of people. It's not man, it's the supernatural. What, it's what the supernatural does to man. Hallelujah. And so, verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? But then you had those, you had those in the crowd that mocked it and said, hey, these people are just full of new wine. They're drunk. They've been drinking early in the morning. This wasn't common for their day and time. So what we understand here is the 120 left that upper room. And let me say it again, folks. Understand, this building is here. We come, we fellowship, amen, in, in the things of God. We enjoy the time together. We rejoice. We love God. Wonderful things happen here. But he never expected it just to stay in this building. When we leave, when we exit the doors, we exit the building, and we go out, we get in our car, amen, we take it with us wherever we go, and we're talking to people and witnessing to people, amen, and people will see that there's something different in our lives. You can't contain it in one place. And, and we read already that once, amen, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are called, we are called to be a witness. A witness. In other words, just simply put, it's spreading the gospel wherever you go. Missionaries will go overseas. Home missionaries will go start churches. Saints and church, 
They just evangelize their community, their friends, their family. Amen. They're telling people about Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? That's what we're here for. Amen. That's what we're here for. Amen. I've got to spread. Everybody say, I've got to spread the gospel wherever I go. Amen. So you're, you're 120. You leave the upper room. You're under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You're speaking in, in different languages. The Jews, the proselytes, and all those that are gathered for the Feast of Pentecost, they heard this go on. They recognized that this is not normal. This was new. This was different. How did they learn these languages? You didn't have some of the products we have today to learn languages. You, you didn't have colleges, you know, that they went to at that time to teach them all these different languages. Sure, you could learn them, and sure there was people to teach, and that's how they learned the same way back then. But, but these were common folk. How did they learn? How did they do that? So the second thing was, why are they on the street praising God? They're supposed to be. That, that's something you'll see in the temple. Not out here. You see, we live in a day and time, and this is what concerns me as a pastor. What concerns me is we're living in a day and time to where there are people that they say out there, you need to keep that in your church. Don't bring it out here on the street. We don't want to hear that stuff. We don't need God in school. We don't need God in our Pledge of Allegiance. We don't need God on our money. We don't need God. We don't need God. We don't need God. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, we need God. You know, when you have people burning Bibles and you got people that are ranting and raving about Christianity and, and, and all that kind of stuff and they're trying to, I'm telling you right now, they got a problem with God. They don't have a problem with man. They got a problem with God. So what we have to understand is that getting into this place, amen, it takes unification. Amen. In the world, there's division. In the world, there's strife. In the world, there's chaos. In the world, the enemy reigns, but he does not reign in my life, and he does not reign in the church. Amen. And greater is he that's in you. You don't have to let him reign in your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So going out on the street and praising God, Going to your work, going wherever. Everybody's scared to death now to do anything for fear they're going to get fired from the jobs. Amen. I can't wait till these people meet God one of these days. And they realize that He is real. <laughs> Amen. And they understand that they've gone too far and now there is no hope for their redemption. But yet you and I, we've got to still try to reach those kind of people with the message that Jesus loves them and Jesus wants to change their life and Jesus does care about them. Just like these people. If they'd have stayed in the upper room, this probably would have never happened. If there was only 120 field in that upper room and they, 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 they uh, uh, got finished and say, boy, that was a powerful move of God. That was great, you know. I'll see you later. No. It spilled out of that place. It spilled into the street. It spilled into the neighborhoods. It spilled around the city of Jerusalem. And they were amazed. Some tried to dismiss it, but yet they couldn't because something caught fire. In other words, when they come out of that place, they started adding fuel to the fire. 3,000 were added that day to the church. They were adding fuel to the fire. Multitude, 5,000 multitudes were added to the church. They were adding fuel to the fire. It was catching a flame. It was blazing. Amen. And it was something that got the attention not only of their city, but also Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, so to speak. It was spreading out of there. You can't contain it. 
You can contain it. But yet, you can't contain God. See, this is what I understand. He can bypass us and go to somebody else. I don't want that to happen in my life for sure. Right? Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. Let me hurry on here. We're, we're, we're getting time. So Acts 2, 14 through 18, we read Peter's sermon. So let's look at this real quick. Amen. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're convicted. They're, you know, he's up talking to them here and he says, uh, Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But then verse 16 he says, he brings out prophecy, he brings out scripture in Joel. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, Peter here validates the gift of the Holy Ghost. He quotes Joel 2.28. And then he goes on after that and quote and, and, and on to quote from, from Psalms. And, and, and his message simply was this, is one of instruction. About what? Christ's death and his resurrection. In other words, you crucified the Lord of glory. You put him on that cross. He went into that grave, but he came out of that grave. Amen. He ascended into heaven. In other words, he was talking about death, burial, resurrection. Amen. And so we see the power of it. He proclaims to those Jews that they are responsible for the death of their Christ, their Messiah. And see, when it comes to that point, then the Bible says, when they heard this in verse 37, 38, the Bible, the Bible used the term prick. They were pricked in their heart. In other words, there was conviction. They were smitten. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, they opened the door. Peter preached and they were smitten. They were convicted and they opened that door of opportunity with a question. What must we do? And you know, you know the story. Amen. Peter says, all right. Amen. You ask me, you got to repent. You got to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So what we see here is when they heard this, they heard of the death, amen, and the resurrection of the Messiah. And they said, what can we do? What should our response be to this information? See, folks, when people stand up and preach or they teach uh, or you go to a Sunday school class or whatever it might be or, or, or in this case uh, tomorrow for those of you that are going to be online with Brother Singer, amen, what you have to realize, the information that's given you, then it turns around and says, what am I going to do with this information? How am I going to respond with this information? Do I just dismiss it? Do I discard it? Do I just not take it with me? Do I just sit? No. They said, what must we, what should we do with the information that we have just received? Let me tell you this. That's why we're talking about fire. We're talking about Holy Ghost. We're talking about, amen, God moving in the church. That's the whole thing. When the preach word goes forth, we got to say, we got to address that question. What am I going to do right now with this information? When somebody gets up and preaches and they preach the word of God, what am I going to do? Your question should be, what am I going to do with this information? How am I going to respond with this information? Well, I will submit to you tonight. I think we need to respond with uplifted hands and praising God for the Word of God. We need to thank Him for it. We need to respond to it. And if it convicts us and something comes in our heart and we know we need to pray about something, amen, put your mask on. I don't care what you do, but pray about it. Pray about it. Make it right with God. 
Make it right with God. Don't be so caught with everything else going on around you that, that you're afraid to, to, to just say, i got to take a moment and i got to talk to God. So understand, when you hear it, what are you going to do? What's your response going to be? Well, they said, Peter said, you got to repent and you got to be baptized. What is repent? Folks, listen, repentance is not some big, uh, you don't have to be an Einstein to understand what repentance is. It just means you turn from your sins. You make a 180 degree turn, you go the opposite direction. Be baptized in Jesus' name. It's pretty plain right there. It's the name of Jesus. You need to be buried in for the remission of your sins. Who's it for? Everybody. He said, every one of you. No one was excluded from it. Nobody is excluded from needing baptism. You need to be baptized. You need to be baptized. How many believes that tonight? Every one of you, not just some of you, not just, no, everybody. And then it says when you've been baptized, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, you, you, you can experience what, what, uh, you know, what they experienced. And other people can experience what you've experienced. Right? Amen. And, and we'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't take that lightly. Receive that word. Amen. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to respond to it? Amen. That's the way we need to do that. Sometimes I don't feel like it, but I'm going to respond to it. Amen. Sometimes I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, something, my life's all chaotic, everything's coming down, but I'm going to respond to the word of God. I'm going to let God know I appreciate his word. I appreciate what he's done. Amen. So, so you, you want to know what born again, born again came out of John 3, 3 through 7. I'm almost done here. Just give me a moment here. Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Who was he talking to? Next verse tells you, Nicodemus. Say to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and his spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Letting us know the importance of baptism and the importance of spirit. He said, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So, understand, it's simple. Born of water, baptized. Born of spirit, filled with the spirit of God. Amen. It's important. It's important to understand. You've been through that. I've been through that. Other people have been through that. But don't take it lightly. Just because it happened some time ago, maybe we don't have, it doesn't have the effect maybe in our life like it used to because we're not responding to it and receiving it like we used to. So, the promise, everybody say the promise. Acts 2, 39 to 41. He said, the promise is, for the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves, miss untoward generation. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. How would, how would you like to have a, a, a 3,000 soul revival in one day? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine having 3,000 newborns, babies coming into the body? Think so? Now notice. So let's look. The Holy Ghost he said, it's for you, which means it's for, it's for it's, it, you know, the Holy Ghost is for us right now. Right? Yeah, those that are here right now. And then he said, it's for your children. In other words, it's not just for you, but it's for your next generation. And then he said, it's not just for your next generation, it's for those that are afar off. In other words, those that are down through time. As many, as many. See, folks, everybody's called by God. Everybody can receive the Spirit of God. It's not just for an exclusive few. Notice what it said here. 
Acts 2, 42 to 47. Here's where it begins. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Apostles' doctrine. What was their doctrine in that day and time when they started the church? It was Acts 2.38. Signs and wonders. In other words, there was miracles taking place. Everybody say miracles. How many wants the miracles to happen? So they had the doctrine. They had the signs and wonders. They had common goods, possession, goods, extra things, income, their, their, and, and, and all their occupations. They were daily in the temple with one accord. In other words, they had regular church attendance. I messed up. That's what it means. Breaking bread. In other words, they were, they were in fellowship. They were thankful. Everybody say thankful. Amen. Do you pray when you eat? Do you mean it when you pray? Do you pray out of fear? Because you know how some people are. They think about who made this. You know. My wife said something the other day. Well, she said it actually two or three times. But she talked about going out to eat. Man, you go out to eat. Man, you, you don't know who's handling your food and everything else. And I'm like, you know what? I've been out to eat for how many years now? And I've never really thought about who's making my food. In fact, I went into the bathroom the other, the other night at, at Applebee's. I walked in there. A guy came in. He was an employee there. And uh, I was washing my hands and, and uh, just, just me. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? How's things going? And, and he just, I'd, I'd never met this guy before. He just says, are you the pastor? I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm a pastor. He said, uh, I'm the one that makes your wings. And I said, them wings are good, man. And then he started counting it out. Yep, you want all flats, well done, soupy wet. I said, dude, man, you are the one that make my wings. You are making my wings. Amen. There's something about, you know, when you get together, you know, we enjoy that together. Breaking bread, fellowship with thankfulness. you also praise God there has to be praise and worship that's what scares me about today's church in this world today we're losing the edge on some of that our praise and our worship we're kind of losing that edge amen I, 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 I'll tell you right now that praise and worship is what gets us into the into the spirit of God it's what gets us into the throne room it's what gets us in the Bible said he inhabits the praises of his people you got to get into that you gotta, you gotta, you got to be, uh, uh, you know, in that place where you're, you're willing to raise your hands and pray and sing and rejoice. Why? Because we're working together in unity and harmony to get into the presence of God, where it's at that place God can begin to do great things in your life. And the last thing he said, the church was added to daily, such as should be saved. See, folks, I'm telling you something about it the enemy the enemy would try to destroy the church and has for years years and years and multiple years he's tried to destroy the church he tried to destroy destroy he didn't want the church to to, to make it so he decided I'm just gonna kill Jesus amen he thought it was done it was over but I'm telling you right now he arose again and because he arose again, you and I have hope today. Let's stand together all over this place. Praise God. There's nobody like the Lord. I'm telling you right now, you got to believe in him. You got to have faith in him. Amen. We got too many people that need God. We got too many people 
that need a touch from God. Too many family members that need something from God. You and I cannot afford to back off, to back up, or to take a spiritual vacation, so to speak. We got to go forward in that. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. We're going to sing something right now. Let's raise our hands together right now. In Jesus' name, God, we're going to sing it to you right now. Amen. But we're, we're praying right now that you, that each and every one of us will receive your word. What we spoke about tonight is not something hard, but it's something that each and every one of us can receive with gladness, with an openness of heart, an openness of mind. God, help us to come together in singleness of heart, in singleness of mind, that we can join together in faith believing. Amen. That we will become a part, amen, of this great flame of, of revival in this end time. God, that we will become and be what you want us to be. We will respond to your word. Amen. We will do something with the information that we receive. We will apply it to our lives. Amen. To be like you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. To be like you.